0: Oh yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we got some exciting news. Also, before we get into the show, uh, Thursday night we're gonna have a special show. With uh, let me pull up um, this stuff here real quick. Oh man, it's so my email came out super big. Let me. um... All right, right we're gonna have on on thursday night we have a special guest coming into the building uh his name is john stewart not not the comedian <laughs> uh, not the comedian but he is a former um, governor of illinois he has come in uh a, some information referencing an interview with a um an area 51 with an alien and so uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, we're going to be talking to him on Thursday night. He has some intel. He has a lot of stuff that he's been talking about, using his, you know, prior government access and things like that. So you don't want to miss it. Check it out. It'll be out on, on uh, on Thursday night at seven thirty-five p.m. Awesome. Hell yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy that um, that had there was like this alien interview that supposedly came out of Roswell and mm-hmm. um, uh, he has some firsthand knowledge about that, that tape and how real it could be um, things of that nature he is a um, he was a candidate for Illinois governor and um, it was the um, 1997 film called Victor brought forward uh, a smuggled film from an interview of an alleged alien being and he has a he has a book coming out in November as well. Let me pull that up real quick. Called uh, the second Roswell Crash, Magdalena. And so that'll be out everywhere where books are found. So we'll be talking about that this Thursday. So check that out. That's gonna be fun. Our, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, so again, we went we uh, did a uh, video that we put together on our theory on what occurred or why certain things happen. Uh, we try to answer some of the biggest questions that were out there, so to speak. And you know, it's just a theory; it's not something that's set in stone. We don't know all the information or have all the evidence, but based on the information and the evidence that's out there, I think that this makes sense. If he did it, I know a lot of people in the comments section. Didn't understand the word if Um, (laughs) and we're talking a little bit of like, oh, y'all crazy. He's innocent. Yada, yada, yada. And so uh, there is the word if he did it. Now, if you guys have a a questions for us, we'll be answering them uh, through, you know, super chat or the easiest way to get our attention. But if you put a couple of asterisks, that'll tell us that your question is for us and not for uh, someone in the comment section. Uh, which is um Deborah coming in with what time do you have seven forty six p m we are central time so <clears throat> what what about the video that we put out on time first made answer the biggest question for you
1: uh, you're muffled and I couldn't understand you
0: all right what about now? it's a little bit better. All right. So I said, what about the video that we put up uh, that, I guess, surprised you the most or maybe not surprised you? Which. Which question did we answer that you were, um, you know, had the biggest question about prior to us getting together and trying to figure it out?
1: Well, first of all, before anything, uh, we're having a thunderstorm here. So if I just take off by, you know, I just disappeared, you know why. All right. Just he got know. But um, yeah, when the thing is, what made it really interesting is how the how the timeline works. You know what right. I'm saying? And that's for me. That was the biggest, the biggest. Um, I guess the red flag for for the whole entire you know crime. You know, yeah. uh, from when he left to when the phone was off to when it came back on. To when they hit back, back in um in um what's it called, in Pullman and everything, it, yeah. it it just makes sense, you know what I mean? At least for me, you know, it makes sense for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. was one of the biggest questions that I, we were trying to like make sure that with the timeline, it, mm-hmm. it 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 adds up with his time of you know of his time that he was out there driving
0: around. Right. Exactly. Um, so basically. <clears throat> What the timeline that we're we're referencing was the time that he is seen on camera to the time where his phone is also pinging and pull him in Pullman, and then you know knowing that if he would have left from that area that he's seen on Nevada Street and went directly towards the victim's house, he would have encountered those police officers outside and so I think that there's a reason why we see his vehicle on the seven hundred block of uh, Indian Hills Drive. And I think that reason is because he was checking behind the police station to see if cops came back. And then we had that question about that 18 minute gap from the part where he left or is seen on the Lent Drive at 420. And then is, his phone coming on on 95 and why it was on, you know, and why officers had certain things in their probable cause. Big Blue, what was your, um, I guess, favorite part of, of the show, as far as, you know, which question did we come together with somewhat of an answer? Again, it's not set in stone or anything. We, we don't have all the evidence, but this is just our, uh, what's the word, what our thoughts are on it and what conclusions that we can come up with based on the evidence.
2: Um, I think the, um my favorite part was trying to read it and it took three hours for a fifteen minute section. So that was my favorite part, but no, that's just that's a joke. <laughs> no um I think uh the part where we where he's on camera going around the apartment complex when we broke down those those videos and we you know, it's an affidavit that it's seen. I think that's like my favorite part where and a while back i didn't know that part of this of
0: the story right so i'm kind of confused but that's all right angel d comes in with a 5 dollar super chat uh what did he buy in the albertsons firelighters where did his phone turn back on after johnson there's so much we don't know yeah exactly i'm not sure what he purchased at albertsons um i would assume maybe perhaps um I, mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I would have assumed that he would have gathered all the materials that he would have needed prior to um, committing this crime uh, to, you know, commit the crime and also get away with it. So I'm not sure what he brought there as far as where his phone was on when it uh, when did it turn back on. Yeah, that's another big question. I have no idea. So th- those are good questions that I think that we'll end up finding out once uh, uh, once the court comes in.
1: Yeah. Once all that information's out, then we can pick it apart. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 100 percent. So, you know, one of the biggest questions I think that people had going into, you know, about this case was, you know, if Brian Koberger was trying to commit the perfect crime and, you know, wanted to get away with this and it wasn't motivated or fueled by, um, you know, being rejected or turned down or whatever the case may be, that why would he go into this house where there was a possible vehicle that he wasn't aware of and you know, the Range Rover, right. Didn't, you know, it was brand new. Uh, Kaylee had purchased it the night before. She wanted to show Madison her new car. So she drove it out there, put it up and, um, you know, wanted to surprise her. So didn't put it up on any social media that we could find. And so, you know, people thought, If he didn't know that was Kaylee's, why would he go into that house? And I thought to myself, well, you know, I think that part of his motivation in this case was to create a huge crime, right, that would gain media attention. And I think his target was more so the house because the fact that there was a ton of people that were going in and out. There'd be a lot of DNA inside of that house. There would be a lot of footprints and stuff like that. There was 150 people in it the night before. Right. And also because targeting multiple victims would have created a, would have gained more attention in my opinion versus just one person. You know, there'd been a lot of people that have passed away for various reasons in that town. And none of that had gained national attention until this one, right? I'm talking like uh, the, the, the guy that ended up drowning in the Creek. You know, you had the lady that possibly had an overdose or, you know, they took her own uh, Hannah Creel. Um, there was a lot of folks, right? But none of those were getting attention like this one. So I think it had to do more with. It wasn't about a single target, it was about, you know, getting more attention. What do y'all think about that?
1: Oh, no, definitely, man, because even. I remember that we did that show, and there were uh, other incidents with um, students that were having, you know, ODs and you know getting in trouble with, uh, you know, intoxication and all that. None of that was coming up, you know, yeah. like that wasn't in the news. But something I like did, something that you know, a quadru- quadruple murder, you know what I mean, homicide. That's gonna, that's gonna be everywhere. Yeah. That's when they gain national attention, like you said.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think that that was partial the motive. I think the fact that, you know, he was basically being rejected area, you know, from law enforcement, you know, from his peers as a teaching, you know, teaching assistant from both the students and the teachers. And, you know, I think that that was part motivation. I also think that and believe and speculate that the Reddit survey had something to do with it. You know, I think that when you have somebody who's possibly like narcissistic, who has overcome the um, problems that he's had and has overachieved to a certain extent. I mean, I mean, how many ex-heroin abusers do you know have a Ph.D.? Right. Like, you know, so he overachieved to to a certain extent. And when he wasn't selected for a rural small town intern police department, um, you know, as an intern police officer for a small rural police department, his teaching assistant job was going to hell. I think that helped motivate it. But I think he had these tendencies or these fantasies going back to that Reddit survey and having that. I don't know maybe somebody did come into his reddit and um or did a survey that had committed a very violent crime and that kind of sparked the fuel there what do you think
1: yeah no definitely um you know back in a couple a couple of lives ago i said i, I had a mention like i don't know if he would you know do this crime just because of the the rejection of the the internship right right but you know to be honest I want to say there's been s- worse crimes committed with for much less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, a, a crime that happened uh, I think it was a 15 year old kid. Um, I believe um, he he bought a game that his mom didn't want him to play, and the mom found out right, and mm-hmm. took it away, and she locked it in the the gun safe right. A game mm-hmm. so he wouldn't play because it was i think it was like it was a war like a uh, first person you know shooting game yeah. yeah got so mad that he ended up he knew he ended up finding the keys for the gun safe and ended up taking the game and ended up uh, you know using that 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 gun on on the mom and the dad and i believe he was gonna do it to his sister but and he ended up just stealing the, the family, I think the family truck or van and ended up going to his friends and that's I mean it's crazy that he did all of that just for a for a game. So like for me to say that I don't think he would have done it. Well, he could have definitely done it because of the you know, just because of the rejection. You know what I mean? Like I said yeah. earlier, there's been there's been crimes that are done with much less um you know Amazing. motive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. You know, that to me, that's the only logical explanation that I could think of. Maybe not the only one. I'm sure there's others. And if I were able to get a little bit more of the information or the evidence that's out there, uh, I could narrow down, you know, this theory to a, you know, fine, fine point. But, you know, we have limited information. Right. And so, you know, I think it was a combination of those things, Um, you know, in the live chat. And I'm sure you can answer this. Um, or, you know, give a comment to it. says, the attack on a House of Girls mimics Ted Bundy and Richard Speck. Do you think that, do you see that, Jaime, in, in, in this case?
1: Okay, my, my mute button wouldn't unmute. <laughs> um, what's it called? <laughs> uh, what was it, Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy? Oh, he went to the sorority, right? And, yeah. and used, I believe, it was like a, They say club. I'm not really sure if it was some people say club. Some people say a tree branch. I'm not really sure which one it is, but uh, he went in there. And I think I think there was like five victims. I don't remember. Really sure. I can't really can't remember. But retrospect, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, this m- mostly mimics BTK. You mm-hmm. know, with the Otero family more than those. For me, at least, for with retrospect. Uh, I mean, with BTK, four people mom, dad, brothers and the son and daughter, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also, like you said um, in the video, um, he also forgot his he forgot what his his weapon at the crime scene too. He had to go back. Yeah, so almost, it's almost kind of similar to what happened with this. Yeah, case.
0: yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that a lot of people were saying, like, oh, how could it be so stupid to leave a knife? sheet? I was like in that moment where, you know, things are happening. I can totally see somebody forgetting something or making a mistake. He's not a robot, you know. Especially if this is his first time committing an offense like this, I can totally see him, you know, um, being in a panic. You know, the adrenaline that's going, the the entire you know situation should could be out of control, right? And so, <clears throat> you know, I can see him forgetting that knife sheath, and 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 it um, being, you know, left behind. So JC Marty says no DNA per prosecutor. Uh that's not true. That was per the defense. And that wasn't, that wasn't a, um, what's the term I'm looking for? An exact wording. It said a lack of, of evidence of DNA. So and it was from the defense, not the prosecutor, which we've already seen where they have a complete difference of opinions when it comes to the same incident there was in the courtroom. Um, the defense described as an interrogation and a rights um, infringement of rights on one of their witnesses when the FBI went and interrogated one of their witnesses. And when the prosecutor stood up, said, that's not true. She recanted some of her information and, uh, and law enforcement officers wanted to get her story, which is what normally would have happened. And so I would, I would, um on either side, whether it's the defense or the prosecution at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take much of those type of wordings as a um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's their they're 100 percent accurate. So the the whole purpose of it is to create reasonable doubt. So it says no, no sheath per five persons that responded. Well, obviously, the sheath would have to be collected, you know, immediately so that it doesn't get contaminated. Right. And so how long do you think that they're going to leave the sheath under the body while processing the scene? Once the leading you know, detective goes in there and sees the the knife sheath, it is immediately collected, bagged and tagged and photos taken of it. So any officers that came in after the fact wouldn't have seen it. Uh, Peeing 25 miles. Actually, that's not accurate either. So you're you're thinking about old technology from like 1990, throw it away right now. The, ca- the FBI use something that is cast and it measures the accuracy of where a phone is located down to feet. Go look at the uh, Alex Murdoch trial, and um, that'll give you an idea of how the cast is used and how accurate it is. Thank you for your comments, though. Uh, did I answer those correctly? What do you guys think? Let's see. Yeah, no, for sure.
2: Yeah. I I had just in my mic, so I don't know if y'all can hear me now. Let me see the Yeah, we hear you. Earlier, so. Is that a little better? Okay. All
0: right, yeah, it was a good theory. Yeah. Blue, you always come in with so much knowledge and expertise on everything. <laughs> your your responses are like, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Terry Blue comes in with a 199. Check out Studio Answer. Uh all right, let's see. I do not believe he did this, never have. Now Ian Harsh, yes, crimes, lies, and videotape have been showing compelling evidence on Ian Harsh. Here's the thing: If Enan Harsh was anywhere near a suspect, he wouldn't have been approached by police just one time. I'm saying, and two, he lives very close to the neighborhood. He was probably highly investigated from the outside, and cleared very quickly based on his information. Now, um, you know, to say that it's Enan Harsh based on some of the words he says and the proximity of where he lives, is yeah. is like saying that one of the guys that confessed to you know, um, a murder that they didn't commit because they don't know the specific details that law enforcement have is actually the guy, right? It's the same thing. You're looking at some words here that he may have said, but at the end of the day, you have Enid Harsh who lives close that may have said something versus Brian Koberger who is has a vehicle that is matching the vehicle that is on footage. It's not witness. It's not um, coming from... The eyewitness testimony is coming from footage of a white Elantra without a front license plate driving around that area. At the very least, that white Elantra, even if it isn't Brian Koberger, is I suspect would be the person that is operating that vehicle is responsible for this crime. And I don't think that Enan Harsh had a white Elantra. Right. Then you also say that Enan Harsh, you know, you want to look at him, but not the guy who has DNA on a sheath. That was potentially carrying the murder weapon yeah you know, i understand this whole drug stuff uh i get it i get the claims but i don't think that's the case in this situation
1: yeah sure the the guy i mean even in his interviews were he did for you know, certain um you know uh news he did say kind of some weird things but that's not enough to you know point the finger at him you know what i mean I mean he went to the point where you said that he gave like a bottle of wine, right, that he was going to throw out to the to some students.
0: Yeah, and he came up with like two yeah. different stories, I think. One story yeah. he said he went, yeah, he went um and asked them for it, another one was that he was throwing it out and they were there at the trash can. So there was like two different stories. You know what what that kind of told me more than anything was he was uh, trying to get some 15 minutes of, of fame there and I think he said some things purposefully. This is my opinion, to kind of get people to talk about him more, so that he can get more attention. And because when we read his survey, sur, uh, Reddit survey, or not, uh, his Reddit post at the end, he talked about his goals and how he wants to create a YouTube channel and teach people how to do the Fire Stick and the whole nine yards. Right. Thank you, Olivia, for your five dollars super chat. Thank you. I mean, outside of those words, what evidence is there that points? you know, to Ian harsh being the guy, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any. And if there's compelling, you know, video
1: footage, um, I don't think he'll be free right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I know somebody had emailed me something about Enan harsh, possibly being a, um, an accomplice or the real guy. And Brian Koberger was an accomplice to this. I don't think so. I don't think Brian Koberger had an this period. You know, for for somebody to not currently be arrested right now, um, you would have to. And for the fact that Brian Koberger was on the run for seven weeks and nobody dimed each other out, you'd have to believe that whoever his accomplice was that he was pretty close with. Now, they have downloaded forensic. They had a forensic download of his computer, his phone, his tablets, the whole nine yards. If he had somebody that he was that close to, don't you think that there would be evidence of communication between him and a friend from the area, um, and yeah. that they can pinpoint and arrest?
1: Yeah, it's like I said last time, like the more people you have in, you know, plan, planning a, a crime, the more of a risk you're taking to get caught.
0: One hundred percent. I love this question so much. JC Marty says three DNA still missing, not tested. Prosecutor hiding. No, my man, not necessarily. So um, if you go and look at the states, I believe it was on July 14th. I think it's on page seven at the very bottom on the last line. It says D- the DOJ policy is that they can only do an IgG if there is um. <clears throat> If there is no lead or possible suspect, once there is one, that means once there is a lead or a suspect, they can no longer get involved. And so it's not that the prosecutor is hiding these DNAs. Uh, Law enforcement didn't create the genetic tree workup. It was FBI and pair their policy. They could, from my understanding, you know, they could probably do the workup on three at a time. But if one comes back or they did one at one and that lead comes back. That would mean that they couldn't do the other ones because a lead was hated. Now, if that lead gets exhausted, let's just say, for instance, they would have checked one of the other three DNAs uh, that is, quote unquote, missing. And they find out that that guy and I'm just going to make up a name that that guy's name is John David and that John David's DNA was in, you know, around where the bodies were. Now, there was a party the night before with 150 people in there. If they go and talk to John David and he said, I was at that house the night before and here's my phone. I was in Coeur d'Alene the night of the incident. I was on my phone. I went to this bar and hey, look, there's footage from this bar in Coeur Lane that I was not in Moscow at the time of the incident. Then that lead is exhausted and then the next one can be found upon. So when the prosecutor says we can't give them something we don't have, that is literally the situation that is going on there. It is not. They didn't work it up. It was the FBI. And even if they have it, they're not even giving them Brian Koberger's workup. And so, but regardless, all of that is kind of pointless when you factor in that Brian Koberger's DNA from a buccal swab from his cheek, from a warrant that was, that had nothing to do with the IgG workup was created to get Brian Koberger's DNA to match it towards the sheath in which it did, um, by what well, is it five octillion times? So, thank you, Christy, for your twenty dollars super chat. Great job, as thank always. You. Keep on keeping on. You are appreciated. I thank you. And, and you thank know, you, thank you. I understand the questions too. I'm not trying to get onto anybody or say, "Oh, you're wrong for thinking this." We have we have said from the beginning that there <laughs> are hurdles in this case, and I think that the prosecution is in for a fight. I, yep. I really do. But at the end of the day, it's like. There's a difference between if we think he did it and if he's gonna end up being found guilty. I mean, there's a lot of people that we think did some crimes that didn't be weren't found guilty.
1: Yeah. You no, know, exactly. Like like you said, there's gonna be hurdles on each side. Yeah. You know, um and speaking of like crimes, that you know, people that got in the way with it, I mean just Casey Anthony, OJ, you know, they got mm-hmm. in the way with a lot of stuff too. You know, so Sometimes the system's not perfect, but, but sometimes it does work, you know?
2: Yeah. And another case where we thought in the beginning, um, I would say like the Delphi case, I honestly thought Logan had something to do with it in the beginning. Yeah. I honestly did. When I saw the FBI reports and we went through the case, that man, he had opportunity, but he wasn't there. He was proven he wasn't there. Um, so, you know. Our thoughts and theories sometimes can be correct, and sometimes they can be wrong. That's why it's just a, a theory. It's mm-hmm. actually, yeah, it's our...
0: And we like to have a difference of opinion. See, in in that situation, I I read the search warrant and realized that if if this was the guy, they they had seemed they had him all but pegged to the wall. If they found any evidence in that search, they would have arrested him. Like they had more evidence to arrest him, I think, than what they did for um, probably Koberger at the time of his arrest. Right. And so but they didn't find anything. So that told right away he's not the guy like there's no way they could have, you know, they were expecting all this DNA and all this other stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a short period of time, this wasn't like Richard Allen. That was five years later when they're searching his house. This is pretty much right after the incident within like, six, seven weeks. And so. In that scenario, uh, I thought that for sure they were going at him that hard. They didn't arrest him. I I didn't think he was a suspect. So, what were we gonna say, Jaime? No, I was
1: gonna say like even even us like from the beginning when we heard about the DNA, we were like, "Whoa, that's damning evidence." But then slowly, information started coming out, and our you know our percentage of guilt kind of fluctuated through throughout the whole time that we was doing this you know what i mean went from 50 50 to 70 30 and stuff now we're up there well at least i am up there in the 90s you know given that small percentage of you know not being no guilty
0: yeah yeah i mean i I think that's where i'm at as well you know i think that at a certain point i was like all right you know they arrested this guy now i'm gonna trust law enforcement and, you know, see what happens. And then I'll make a decision after we see the probable cause affidavit. I saw it. And at first I was like, man, there's a lot of holes in this. There's a lot of holes in it. And I still think that there are, you know, the search warrant for his phone uh, locations, in my opinion, are going to be one of the bigger hurdles if the prosecutor or the defense chooses to go after it. Yeah, You know, we, we've been saying that for a while. And, you know, to to, to for me, I think that, you know, you have that and you also have, the Brady Giglio thing, you know, whichever officer committed, whatever. And, um, you know, is his testimony going to be in jeopardy? Does it matter? I mean, if he's just a low level officer that didn't have anything to do with the crime scene or, or the, um, you know, if all he was doing was just taking down names of people that entered the scene, he's not going to really have anything to do with the case. And so I don't know, there's, there's some hurdles, but as You know, what changed my mind, to to be honest with you, or what maybe made me start to think and lean more towards that he is guilty was the fact that at first I didn't understand the phone pings. You know, I thought as well when the when the probable cause said that he connected to a tower in Moscow, but they don't think he was there. I didn't get it. I had to read that a few times. I actually had to talk to Christy Gonzalez, Kaylee's mom, and she sent me an article on the cast and how it works. And when I realized that it wasn't the same old technology, the triangulation, it's a new technology that is extremely accurate down to the feet, like three or four feet away from you. Yeah. I was like, all right, so that counts. And then I realized in the probable cause affidavit. It doesn't say that he was, you know, located in Moscow, but they don't believe he was there, that his location was there. They says that it says that he connected to a tower, but they don't believe he was there. How would they know that he wasn't there if he connected to a tower there, and that's by using the cast and figuring out where he was, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that and like you know, like you said, like in the the old way they used to do the triangulate. I, I don't know how big of a radius it was, you know what I mean, of where the person would have been at. But when you know we looked it up and saw how accurate the uh, what's it called the
0: the location it's the historical locations as well. yes it
1: yeah it's how, how accurate it is it's like whoa but then at the same time like you said he was pinged there but not a, he wasn't there but it was it was uh picking up his location from a tower it could have been very outskirts of that tower where it reaches right also
0: yeah it could have been very outskirts of the tower where it reaches and you know there is a 27 mile like 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 uh jc marty said earlier that you have to connect to a tower mm-hmm. but what the with the what the cast does is it measures a signal from the time that it takes from that signal to go from the cell tower to the cell phone and back and it's able to use multiple um towers to determine you know where you're at with a precise Location, Angel D says, "Can you retell the part about the uh, taking a change of clothes and trash bag in the trunk, please? That was interesting." So, when I thought about, you know, how or why or, you know, how did he commit a crime like this and not get blood or DNA in the car? You know, I was reminded of um, I can't remember is the, the the case's name off the top of my head, but there was a guy who I think it was in New York, traveled three hours away. Uh, took his dad's life with an ax and and hit his mother with an ax. She ended up surviving. uh, And then he left and drove three hours back to his college. Now there was no evidence of a cleanup at the house. There was no evidence that he took a shower or any of those things. They didn't find blood in the drain or any of those things at the house. And there was no evidence in his car for three hours that he drove a longer distance with, um, probably the same amount of blood splatter you would anticipate Brian Koberger may have had. Now, one of the reasons they speculate that he was able to do this was because he worked at a veterinarian hospital and he had access to uh, the surgical suits. And those are designed so that you don't get blood on you. Now, Brian Koberger took forensic classes in DeSales University. I think that he has been, he's taken certain classes that teach you how to not contaminate a crime scene or how not to bring DNA home with you. Right. And in my opinion, I think he wore something, you know, something easy to take off. That's probably why he couldn't put the knife sheath through a belt because he was wearing some kind of coverall. So that's why he had to take the knife sheath in his hand inside the house. And he probably left a bag outside with a change of clothes and change of shoes. That way, when he exited, he could put everything in a bag and seal it up in a, in a garbage bag, one of those tough shit bags, put in his trunk and the DNA never touched anything in his car. You know, it's all about the preparation. And that's one of the things that I brought up. The mistakes that he made weren't in the preparation of the crime. It wasn't in the, uh, his actions after the crime. Like he wasn't driving by the house multiple times. Like people suspected he would. He wasn't Papa Rogers or looking side looking glass or whatever it was. It wasn't going to police and talking to him. He wasn't doing any of the red flags. So the only times that he made a mistake was during the commission of the crime, which in that situation, things are going to happen that you can't control. And so I would expect if there was going to be mistakes made, that's where it would be based on his experience and knowledge and special skills on how to commit this crime.
1: Yeah, I think, I think one of his biggest uh, I guess mess-ups was part of the phone, you know, for me at least. And that's the only reason why his alibi is now that he was out driving around because can't
0: take that back. Well, here's the thing. There was... So... I don't think that they had a clear picture of Brian Koberger uh, or his vehicle in Pullman, Washington. I don't think any of that occurred until after they got his name, I think up until the point that they got his information, I think that his maneuvers that night to drive around driving this big old loop it worked, and they didn't know which direction he was coming from. They didn't know where he left, right and so um what did you say again i I'm starting to lose my train of thought what I'm trying to say. is a good point.
1: well, I was just saying that the 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 pings right whatever was the fact that they hit oh, yeah. him and they were running around. That's why his alibi is what it is. You know what I
0: mean? Right. Yeah. If you go and look at the probable cause affidavit, I believe it says something to the effect that uh, investigators thought that it was a 2013 to 2016 Elantra. And uh, or a 2013, 11, a 13 Elantra, and then later thought it was a 2013, a 16 Elantra. But if you look at the part where they discuss the vehicle in Pullman, they say that it is, in fact, a 2014, or 16 Elantra. There is no question. So that leads me to believe that the video footage that they have around Moscow is probably very grainy far. There's no indicators of anything that can be seen there, but that the footage in Pullman it's probably a little bit different. Maybe he drove around a little bit closer to some cameras. They're also not uh, ring camera footage. It's also probably from what we understand, like um, some of it was like cameras from traffic lights. So those are designed to be able to determine certain things. And I think that when you put those two things together, I think that they didn't change the car because they didn't know it was a newer car based on the footage. Now, I don't think that's a big deal, you know, as much as a lot of people do. Uh, And the reason being is, you know, cops can get something wrong. And as more evidence comes, you know, afoot, then they can, you know, change their perspective. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, they thought it was a Sentra. And as more footage started to come in, then they changed it to the Elantra. And then once they got the camera footage uh, that was clear from Washington, then they knew It was definitely a fifteen or fourteen to sixteen launcher. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. No.
1: Um, Also, like like you were saying with um, no, you know what? Read this and then I'll, I'll, I'll follow through. All right,
0: Jeff H goes in and posting YouTube videos chopping up stuff very skillfully with a big knife. After all this awful stuff happened, tells me that he may not be the highest level thinker. In my opinion, you see, I think it. I think it might be different. I think that. You know he's trying to promote himself, and I think that that would get eyes on him. And I think it's more of a promotional thing to get his stuff out there versus, uh, you know, accidentally do it. I think it was purposeful.
1: No, yeah, I also think that he was trying to just boost up his uh, YouTube and his followings and whatnot. But I mean, even, even like, well, you know, there was a a Reddit I was on Reddit while well, um, this this afternoon. And I did see a couple of things that they were saying about a like a short film that was out there
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um that depicted oh, yeah. a, a couple of things, and that was named by the clones. Yes, I think so. That supposedly was like, um like not. I guess released the day before or something like that.
0: Yeah, but and I it's don't like, think that. Oh, good.
1: And no, it's like. It's, like, stuff like that that you see on, on Reddit, you know what I mean? Just just because it's on Reddit doesn't mean it's true itself, you know? I mean, unless yeah. somebody can find it, that'd be crazy.
0: Yeah, supposedly it was deleted, like, right after the incident yeah. happened. And that one of the uh, characters named was, like, González Koberger or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. And so there was, like, oh, it's... But... but- no, no.
1: But going back to that, like you see stuff like that, and then, and then you see things that, like with the sheath, remember when we saw that when we heard about that, about I, mean, I think we heard it from you know a Reddit post about the sheath that was actually was true. That was like so, like when you go down that road, you're either gonna get some good stuff that's true or really bad stuff that's you know, has nothing to do with the case, and that's the that's the risk true. you. The that's the risk you take. While going into Reddit,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, there's, there's a lot of theories on Reddit. But then again, dude, the supposedly somebody walking in and one of the victims seeing a, um, you know, the killer in the house that was on Reddit before the probable cause affidavit. Exactly. Yeah. I I have a feeling I know exactly where it came from, um, because of some sources that I have. You know, and I think. I think I know
1: who, and I, I think I know what you're talking about,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, well I know you know you heard that. <laughs> so you know, I think that you know it was leaked out about that information somehow for 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 whatever reason, I don't know, maybe maybe something about um maybe jog somebody's memory about something, but i I do think that that was leaked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we read this one, blue, I love you, but Lena just started bingo, oh shit, love back. <laughs> Thank all you. Right, so, <laughs> let's continue. Well, so where you guys, where uh, do you cool.
2: guess I went for a little bit? I wanted to play bingo. <laughs> 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 nah, I was getting defensive, man. I, I got
0: No, nah, it's all good, my man. Uh, Defense asked for email log between the state and the lab. State said they, they do not exist. I mean, maybe they don't. I think that when you have, I mean, I don't know how they do business and, or how they conduct their stuff in Idaho. You know, if they have some sort of old rules that any correspondence has to be through mail or something, I don't know. Um, but if the state said that that doesn't exist, I mean, maybe I'm trying to figure out, you know, Why the only thing that I can figure out is or or can think of that would be emailed to each other would be status updates and or uh, updates on the results of things. But those might be some kind of rule that they have to be sent through the mail or something. And that might be why there's no emails. Um, Let's see, Richard. Daniel says BK's vehicle matches the vehicle that is on the footage, but is it his car? Without a photo of the driver, a number plate, would you be paying a speeding fine under these conditions? I I get that, I understand that, but you also have you have some unique identifiers here. You have the fact that it's not just based on those things; it's also based on the fact that his phone shows that he uh, turned his phone off during the commission of the crimes, and when it does come back on, it's just south of where. The crime was committed. You know, he had his own word saying that he was driving around that night as his alibi. Now, the reason why he probably is saying that is because he's probably got some sort of evidence that is undeniable that he is in that vehicle. And so I don't know or in the vehicle in which he's being uh, taken a picture of. Now, is that the same vehicle driving around 1122? I don't know. If it's from. I don't know, let's just say that gas station footage that came out at 345. There's no way to know based on that. And from the image that we have, that that's the same white Elantra that is passing by the victim's house. But what we do know is that Brian Koberger didn't have a front license plate and his phone was acting oddly suspicious during the commission of the crime. I think those two things are, are pretty big. And then you also have the fact that it is, DNA was found on a sheath. Now, I think it would be more important to Brian Koberger if the vehicle came back something different. Like, for instance, this sunroof that people claim they've seen, which is not accurate. We've debunked that. That was from a vehicle that was traveling at 1231 at the wrong area, and it was like a BMW. had nothing to do with the crime, nothing to do with anything. But let's just say there was something there. You know, that footage would be used more to exclude Koberger Um, and can be shown as that it is unable to exclude him. That's how the prosecution is going to use it is saying uh, this footage is unable to exclude Koberger. He doesn't have an alibi saying that he is somewhere else during the time that this footage is filmed. And this vehicle has the same unique identifier as Brian Koberger's vehicle. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, the only only thing that will help is if his car had a, Different, you know, like a, like different rims or something, you know, or yeah. a dent or something, you know what I mean? And they can point it out a lot faster. But the license plate thing is a, it's a pretty good um, indicator, at least for me.
0: Yeah, and and the other thing is if, if it doesn't How have a that
2: dent, we saw Go ahead, Bo. I say, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead i'll finish
0: afterwards. the other thing is those vehicles that they thought that the car was was a 2011 to 2016 honda elantra several years old how many of those do you think and it's also a you know the economy car how many of those do you think that are out there that aren't banged up yeah you know you get what i'm saying so the fact that the vehicle that was on camera was in pristine condition or didn't show I mean, I couldn't say it's in pristine condition because I doubt you can see the quality there, but it doesn't show an obvious dent, an obvious yeah. you know, mark of car accident or whatever the case may be. And, um, yeah, Brian Koberger's vehicle that also looks like it doesn't have any damage to it. So it doesn't exclude him. And that's the way the prosecution is going to, uh, you know, uh, point out that that, you know, piece of evidence looks like, you know, the defense is going to say there's nothing there that says it's him. And the prosecution is going to say. Yeah, well, there's nothing there that says it's not him either. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: exactly. Um,
2: go ahead, I think bro. they can prove it's not him. I think they could be able to prove that it's not him because they said that he didn't leave his uh, um, his home to a certain time, and that car was there around 12. So once they go by the phone pings and they, they find that, that the phone was at his home at 12, then you can exclude that video out easily. Which video? The one where
0: they, we see it with the sunroof. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. you, you went back to that. Nice car. Yeah, yeah yeah that's definitely and, and and you know that that footage was sent out frame by frame picture at a time. I think it may have been done on purpose to you know confuse a, a certain folks but once we saw the entire video you, you saw and, and you saw the time stamp on there of 12:30 and you saw that the vehicle was like a, I think it was like a BMW, like one of those crossover BMWs, one of the big ones. There's no way that trained FBI law enforcement officers are going to confuse that for an Elantra. No,
1: yeah, for sure. You know, what? Well, well, another thing too is like, what, there's no other, there's no places to drive around in Pullman? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going all the way out there. And I was thinking about it too, it was like, you know, going out there, driving around and, in the in the, you know, in that section of the of town and whatnot, then leaving the res like around the residence and going down south to what was the name of the other little city that was under,
0: Blaine Idaho. Um,
1: going down there, especially like we, we had said it earlier, that he wasn't too familiar with all that stuff, like all those roads and stuff, you know.
0: Well, I would have assumed that he wasn't. I mean, he was new to the area, and it's yeah. very rural out there, so. But you know, and that's going to be another question because, in order for him to drive around that back area at night in the dark, and you didn't even
1: know the conditions of the roads, but you know what I mean at that time.
0: Well, it was twenty nine degrees, so it was frozen.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm Like, isn't two in a a, a front wheel drive Elantra? Yeah, he had a purpose to be out there. In other words.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't and, just
1: driving out there just for shits and giggles and shit.
0: Yeah, that, that would be pretty dangerous and and you know, to drive around rural areas in a front wheel drive car in icy conditions. Yeah, one hundred percent. What's up, Blue? I think you're frozen.
2: Oh, it's, it's glitching a little bit. Yeah.
1: He's doing little the little NPC time. he's doing the NPC TikTok challenge thing. <laughs>
0: I think I think you're the one glitching blue.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's you. Um, uh, what does it mean? <laughs> Maybe it was my computer.
0: Yeah, you might want to come go in and out, come out and come back in. Um, <clears throat> but before we go forward, it's time to do a drawing. A drawing that we've been talking about for a while. It is for Nelson's benefit for the raffle that we've uh, been discussing for a while now. Let's find out who who's the winner. We have maybe Nelson. Yeah, we have several several contestants, as you can see. And- Wait,
1: you gotta bring him out for this, bro. Is
0: oh, he yeah, awake? Yeah, yeah. You gotta. Let me let me go get him. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah.
1: Damn, man, this, there's a lot of names on there. Oh, it's like, yeah.
0: I, I'm gonna win it,
1: and I'm not gonna share with you, Blue, or anyone else.
2: I thought we could share the blanket if I win. It's we'll big share a... for two people. Well,
1: we're not. Trust me, we're not two people.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're a little bit more than two people. I'll tell you that. It's like person yeah. and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm two people plus one, so it's four people. Not me.
1: We're four people put together. <laughs> that blanket will probably be good up to our knees. Yeah. Nah, I, don't, I really don't know how big it is, actually. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, I haven't
2: been around this. But, you know, hopefully.
1: You know ho- I hopefully,
2: it, hopefully.
1: The
2: what? I saw it the other day in real life, but it was folded up nicely. So I can't say yeah. how big it is.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, we just want to say thanks to everybody that they got into the raffle and, um, you know, helping out with... Whoa, did you do that? Nice. No, just no, no. saying thanks for everybody who entered and here he is here he is here's the uh,
0: baby face nelson <laughs>
1: he's talking
0: you better not poop on me bro
1: he <laughs> should <laughs> <laughs> you should have sh- put some ch- shades on him
0: oh dude that would have been cool but you know I actually he actually has worn some shades before when we were out in uh uh Colorado he put on some shades because we took uh we rented out a jeep I'm gonna put him down because he's kind of huffing and puffing
1: <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what i do
0: Pool of hair now um <laughs> um you know we took the jeep uh we rented a jeep we took out the um the doors and the roof and stuff and you know his he's got those bug eyeballs so they stick out a little bit and we're getting kind of dry and so we're like you know what we got to go get him um uh, we got to get him the um the um uh, the goggles, so that way he's all right. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out a a better layout that can show more of. I guess this is the best one. All right. Let's see who wins this thing. Hell yeah. It's me. It's me. It's me.
1: It's round, round it goes.
0: think oh oh here it come it's about to stop
1: Uh-oh. oh 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 wait
0: canadian oh. true crime congratulations you, congratulations you are the winner of this amazing quilt please send us um i think we have your your shipping information um if not send it to us i know that there was a little bit of a question mark there, and that you had told us to to, to donate it to to Little Rogan, but she has several quilts. Her 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 grandma has made multiple ones. But congratulations, Canadian True Crime, on being a oh, being our winner. This uh this quilt, this amazing quilt, is going to you. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. All right, so I'm gonna answer a few more questions before we get on out of here. Sounds Let's good. Say, he said, uh, "Ronnie, for missing person, says he touched their Wi-Fi. Can you explain this, please?" I actually have no explanation for it. You know, when I talked to Christie about it, asked her, you know, "Hey, what's this? You know, um, <clears throat> that Steve is saying that is uh, referencing him touching the, you know, the Wi-Fi." And he said that. Oh, she said, "Oh, it's 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 in the probable cause affidavit. I, said, I don't remember seeing it, but you know, it's." she she was kind of confused about it, and she said that her husband had basically said that there were devices there that had he gone in there uh, it would have connected to his device, so it seemed more like speculation on mm-hmm. that part, but I didn't talk to Steve, he's the one that said it. I talked to Christy, so that's not um I don't know I don't know, I don't know what he meant by that i I don't get it to be honest with you,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not too knowledgeable about it either, like even like with your phone. The, uh, like you open it, I mean you open the Wi-Fi. You turn on the Wi-Fi, and you're about uh, around other apartment uh, complexes. You're gonna pick up every single one of those. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't know if they meant if like it just touched like that, like it opened up and it was a uh, a system that that like, was open, or that actually like they're saying that they actually connect to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it just show up on the on the like possible Wi-Fis around.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
1: Like I said, I'm not really knowledgeable of how that works.
0: Yeah, you know, I did look up, I looked up the router thing, and what I discovered when I looked it up, I'm not an IT guy. I'm far from it. I'm probably more on the side of um, the youngsters would call me a boomer and not know anything about computers. I did, I did download a. Uh, uh, an app that will allow me to make 3d renderings and, and animations. We'll see how long it takes me to get the hang of it. I got a pretty good memory. I can kind of put things together pretty quickly. Hopefully I can get it down and do some animations and stuff like that for, for you guys. Uh, those are some of the things that I wanted for the show, but we haven't found an illustrator to do it. So I have decided to take it on on my own. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's see. Um, I, say,
2: I said earlier, throw in some stickers
0: Oh, yeah, I plan on throwing some stickers in on this. Let's see. Um, do smartwatches also ping or only phones? I think they have to be connected to the network. If you had one that was uh, dependent on Bluetooth, uh to the phone, I, I don't think so. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't know. But yeah, what I was saying was I, I'm not an IT guy, but I did look up the Wi-Fi, and if people there is a record of when people try to, um, you know, attach to it. And I, I didn't see anything that said that there would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that the router has an open slot with a password uh, that other devices come in to connect, not for it to connect to other devices. Yeah. And so I don't know if there's something there. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, with smartwatches, I have no idea. Um, I don't own anything. <laughs> Um, Apple, so
2: there's mm-hmm.
0: that. Well, I you haven't. Go ahead, I
2: know you can. I say I know you can be tracked on the smartwatch if it has the line for the watch. But if it's connected to the Bluetooth, it can't be tracked. If, if the phone gets so far away, and it disconnects.
1: Well, let's let's be honest, man. Uh, you don't have to have a knife to be tracked. You can be tracked by any any app you uh, give permission to. You know what I mean? so it's uh oh, yeah. like um, like you said a long time ago on those conspiracy uh videos that you know they're sending our info to other countries and whatnot but that's not oh, yeah. the pace, no, all the time
0: yeah <laughs> isof says why do you think both bethany and dylan are so trying to present their testimony to the defense i mean i think you know Maybe perhaps they don't want to face Coberger. I know they're eventually gonna to have to do it, um, but they went through a horrific ordeal themselves. You know, I know a lot of people question their actions and and what they did that night and why they didn't call nine one one right away and all this other stuff. And to be honest, we don't know those answers. They haven't come forward. They haven't said anything. There's not been a news article out there referencing what they've said that happened. There's not been a a podcast that had them on their show to say, Hey, this is what happened. So we honestly don't know. And we don't know the reasons why, you know, maybe perhaps come trial, they'll say them oh, and, and we'll be just as spe- speculative and maybe perhaps, you know, she'll say it at trial and we'll be, well, that makes sense. But as far as why she's frightened to do so, I mean, they survived a, a massacre, you know, mm-hmm. victims guilt is probably there um PTSD the whole nine yards i mean we Trauma. people will judge yeah people will judge their actions when they themselves have never been in a situation like that and you know for for all we know is you know a lot of people like i'll be honest with you when when i was in law enforcement and there were situations where somebody broke into a house or whatever the people that usually fought back or did those type of things were people that were trained, right. They were trained to fight. They took, you know, self-defense classes, things like that. Your average person that isn't trained and you know, or has never been in that situation where their life is at risk. Majority of the time they freeze. They don't know what to do. So, um, you know, that's just from my anecdotal experience. I don't know what the statistics are out there, but that's what I can say that I've, i've come across
1: yeah no for sure like we can be like i think anybody's already done this already like when you see of uh a, of a, you know something happening and you're like oh if i was them i would do this but like when it comes down to it when you're the you're there at the time you you probably will freeze up man you don't know what to do you panic and stuff
2: yeah man yeah. it happens it happens to people all the time so um you just got to get over it
1: yeah, it's, it's easy to say, it, but like too, when it happens to you, that's a whole different story. Yeah, man.
0: I mean, uh, when I was a kid, um, probably my you know teenage years, uh, a big ass dog came at me, wanted to bite me. I was frozen, scared for a bit. And then, you know, I ran. I had to. I had no choice. Uh, I was going <laughs> to get bit and I barely missed it, man. I think it was a golden shepherd. It was a big ass golden shepherd. Uh, and it was just—I mean, German Shepherd. What the fuck am I saying? Golden Shepherd.
1: I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
2: it's a golden. I, I have a white shepherd. I've never seen golden ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a golden lab German Shepherd mix. Not just kidding, but it was a German Shepherd. It was huge, and it came out and started coming at me, and it was growling, and I just froze there for a minute, and then I saw it like like it was like five feet away. And the next thing I knew it was right in front of me. Now I don't think it's like, you know, teleported. I just think that I was in fear. you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it took the, it tried to bite me. I ended up picking up my leg and it missed me. And I took off running. Uh, my father, who was not that far behind me, started yelling and, and scared the dog off. But um yeah, that people don't know what they'll do until they're in that situation. And most of the time, unless you're trained uh, it, it's usually uh frozen shock
1: if I was there I would have protected you I would have jumped in for another dog for you man
0: <laughs> I got you homie. me dude the crazy thing is my little brother had just gotten bit by one of our other neighbor's dogs it was a chow that that bit him in the oh. calf and because oh, because we played football so we would go might we would be forced to go jogging after practicing games if we didn't play well. And so um even if we played well, my dad was pretty strict, uh, we'd have to go and work out and my whole nine yards. And so um it made us better football players, but uh one time while my brother was jogging back and forth, uh one of the dogs got loose and bit him in the calf.
1: Oh, it was horrible. This is like on. you're like like the this the, the tended Dan, remember you had someone die in every ward? This is like down your family, everybody's getting bit <laughs> by a dog down your family. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, we, we came from the hood, homie. Every there was these dog's everywhere. That is true. Mm-hmm. That, that is true, man. They
2: never tied up, he couldn't afford the rope. Yeah, that's or, why that's why more
0: fences. Yeah, that's why uh, us guys from the hood were so quick, man. We had to be fast, we had to outrun the dogs. He's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't gotta outrun the dog, I just gotta outrun one of you. Uh, Maybe, dude. I mean, it depends, dude. Some dogs like to chase. I know. I know mine do. (laughs) Mitch girl 29 says it was foggy that night. I have pics. Well, the thing is, if it's foggy, that means there's moisture in the air. Right. And if it's 29 degrees, that moisture turns into ice. And so uh, I think that's one of the uh, big components of um, um, black ice being out on the the road is the dew, the moisture, the fogginess, the precipitation in the air that turns into ice. Uh why does he say he was there? I don't think he did. He just said that he was in his car. Uh I don't know if he's he he's been very vague about where his car was while he was in it. Yeah. It's kind of like, Where were you in my car? Where was your car?
1: Driving around. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get no streets, yeah. no time, no, no time stamps or nothing. It was just like I'm out and
2: about. I was in the state of Idaho, that's what he said.
0: Yeah, it's just it's insane. We'll take a couple more and then we'll uh I can't uh, call it a show, y'all. Let's see.
2: I uh, will tell you what. Thank I, you, I Christy. You appreciate by that. A chow. the chows are weird with their purple tongue, man. It scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. And <laughs> neighbor had a chow and it got loose.
0: They're had so aggressive, man. Yeah. Chow, chows are yeah. aggressive. Um, a Kim and I'm assuming that was Dave uh, out first as a stabbing around. I've both said the Snapchat. I'm not sure what that sentence says completely, but I think it says uh, that they were both being communicated through Snapchat. I will say Kim didn't Kim- tell us anything about Snapchat.
1: Yeah, I think it says Kim and Dave came out first as as a stabbing around. Well, said through, chat, through Snapchat right that was supposed yeah. to
0: say. yeah so in our our, what we have in our testimonies that we've gathered from Kim was that uh, it was a phone call between her and her daughter I think that what she meant was that the communication between her daughter and um, you know whoever she was getting their information from was through Snapchat I don't know um, she didn't I think she mentioned that that it was a possibility, but that she didn't know. I'd have to go back and listen to it, to be honest with you. So I don't want to say the wrong thing, but yeah, yeah, they did come out about it, but here's the thing. There's been a lot of rumors going around that Bethany and Dylan texted each other um, either during or shortly after the crime was committed. Um, You know, not sure. I don't know. I haven't seen anything what those conversations may have been about. Um, there's a lot of rumors out there. What it could have been, I don't know. I haven't. I, I, I don't know for sure. But if they did, do you, don't you find it reasonable that they would have texted other people outside of the house?
1: Hmm. But not mm-hmm. wasn't it also like they were switching from OD to the? the yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So well, see, see that tells me. So when when you have a situation where people are finding out early. you have a crime that occurred at, at, at 4 30 in the morning, and you have, you know, these rumors going back and forth between, you know, something nefarious happened and an OD, which is also nefarious, but not as. And, you know, what those things tell me is, well, one, a lot of them are rumors. So rumors and and word going from one person to another as the, um, typically ends up growing, that story becomes bigger and bigger. And so, um, You know, you have to take those claims and understand that with a grain of salt, saying that, hey, this story or this claim could be exaggerated from its original or original story. And what that tells me is that those girls didn't know the extent of the injuries or the extent of the crime that occurred. Maybe have heard something we know for a fact based on our conversation with Christy that. Um, when she told us that Ethan's best friend attempted to open the door, that he had little success because the door was blocked. That tells me that, you know, the girls never saw what happened in that room. You know, if they couldn't get into the room, I don't even know if they tried to be honest with you. I, I don't know if they ever left that room until after Ethan's best friend got there, but if they did and they tried to open that room and they couldn't get through, maybe they thought somebody had overdosed and was blocking the door or, um, you know, something like that. And, you know, those rumors start to spread. Now, if you have what what literally happened, which is a quadruple homicide by a knife stabbing, and you have these rumors of drugs. I think that when you have um, those two mix, I think that's where you come up with these wild stories about cartels and drug pains and drug houses and stuff like that i think it's all just a blended mix of rumors that are not very accurate
1: yeah it goes it goes also with the accomplices you know there's been a lot of rumors of accomplices in this case and the thing is that they try to a lot of people are saying that certain crimes are happening after the murders you know they're trying to you know try to connect them to this case and that's just not how how it is you know sometimes it's just different crimes that had nothing to do with the one we're talking about
0: i think nelson. jeff is i think jeff's accusing me of having bug guys he says "Is it true dogs look like their owners heard this many times is that uh, what you're trying to say there Nelson.
1: Yeah. nelson's dyslexic <laughs> no,
0: no, <laughs> nelson's, nelson's a lot of things you know i have i have more than one dog i'll bring floyd on next time um he's far from what nelson is nelson's about I'd say 22 pounds <laughs> Floyd's like maybe 122 pounds of muscle and he looks like a pit bull but he's not he's an American bully let's see and he's highly trained ish when he wants to yeah.
1: when I'm around he's he's a little feisty like he's hyper right
0: yeah he, he gets excited he like, get like excited. The, the good kind of hyper though the like, yeah, uh, I don't know who you're referring to. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I was thinking on this one, but maybe like, you
2: click on one. Uh, there you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> when you need a, a password to connect to their Wi Fi, yeah, so I, I don't think he connected to their Wi Fi because here's the thing in order for the IgG to be completed. There can't be a lead. And if there was a unknown phone that connected to the Wi-Fi, I think they would have they would have looked into it and they would have said, hey, we have this citation from this guy that has a 2015 Elantra. His phone is connected here. We'll look at him. So that alone tells me that yeah. those two things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We'll take two more, and then we'll call it a show. Dos mas. Dos mas. Make Let's them w- good, w- w-
2: guys. Make them good. I
0: don't, I don't understand this. My my shorts have never fallen.
1: <laughs> not not for her. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Wait, that was the other question.
0: Yeah, I know. All right. So I I do want to bring this up. So me and my wife went out to Pittsburgh and there was a situation where DEA was arresting uh, (laughs) these guys uh, for having guns. And we're walking towards the airport and all of a sudden I see these cars coming and I see the lights and I see the guns coming. You know, I can see them in their vehicle with guns being prepared. So I know shit's about to hit the fan. So I say, get behind the wall. There was a concrete wall. My wife wants to wait a little bit to see what's going on. And I turn around and she's supposed to be right behind me. And she was, but she's a little bit slower to my reaction. My reaction is pretty quick. I see something. I go, let's get behind the wall. I turn around and she was behind me and finally got there. And and then police jumped out and they ended up arresting this guy. But it was pretty crazy because it was, uh, probably pittsburgh police version of swat that was out there and so they 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 knocked down this guy pretty amazingly well it was was an awesome thing to see to be honest with you uh let's see yeah those weren't questions (laughs) those don't count
1: these are memories yeah
0: good ones good ones all right you know what i went all the way to the bottom let's see um Are those shades to hide your bushy eyebrows? Asking for a friend. I do have bushy eyebrows, but they are not to hide them. Uh, The reason I wear them is because, you know, when I imagined uh, doing this, I thought of it as like a talk show radio. And when I picture somebody doing talk show radio, I picture a guy or gal in a a studio with an ashtray, smoking a cigarette, has the shades on, indoors, playing music. Like, just like what Blue's just doing with his his deal there. And, you know, that's why I wore them. But I mean, a lot of people started to ask about the shades and whatnot. So I, I made it a game. I was like, you know, I'll take them off when we hit 40K. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because I really want to take them off.
1: Well, you should, you should just tell them the truth. Why you actually wear those shades, man? <sighs> man you, know what the, too- you know what it is? Oh, I'll tell you, guys. I'll tell you guys. The story is that supposedly if you look into his eyes, you'll find out how you die.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. Yeah. Well, that's you because of... Yeah, man. He, he's doing this for us, guys.
0: <laughs> that's because when I take off the glasses, that's when that's when things are going crazy. So that's yeah. the last thing they see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably die from freaking heart failure. Sure. <laughs> More
0: uh, likely. I don't know, man. I I, I ate some, some chicken uh, not too long ago. Some fried chicken. and I, I felt like like maybe I need to go to the hospital. Got some... some <laughs> Got to eat healthy. It's, like that,
2: it's like, the, like that one night you were like, oh, I feel good. Maybe I should go to the hospital. You, you had like appendicitis or something.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I almost died that day. <laughs> right? It happened on the show, y'all. So if you guys want to find out where that's at, I think that was around... November of last year, um, maybe a little bit before this incident occurred. Um, we had a podcast and I was on there and I was I actually burped. I thought I muted it, but I didn't. And uh I think it was Mikey or somebody in the live chat said burp. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't feel good. I think I'm gonna go to the hospital. And I told these guys like I really don't feel good. Uh December first. December first. And so I was like, I really don't feel good. I'm going to um I'm gonna go to the hospital. Next thing I know, they're like doing um, M- uh, an MRI. I mean, they're like uh, your appendix is inflamed. We're going to have to do a uh, surgery. And so I was like, all right. like right, well, let's do it. And I was like, um, you know, I've been feeling sick for two days, so it's probably going to burst any second. So let's go. <laughs> it took them like eight hours to do the surgery of those bastards. Yeah, I
1: remember we pitched the idea of uh, life streaming it. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad that that wasn't. <laughs> we would have, we would have been um, <laughs> taken down. But yeah, yeah, Mitch Girl was there too. Um, that was uh, that was a crazy situation. And then, what? Two days later, I was back at it, back on the back on the streams, ready to go. But I will say that coughing after that surgery is. A horrible mess. You don't want to do that. Yeah, but that's all we got. Do you guys have any final words, Blue? Not so sad, please.
2: (laughs) Uh, Nothing. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for the people who, uh, you know, joined the Nelson raffle. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll probably have other raffles on here once in a while for members. So remember, try to be a, a member sometimes. We give uh, some good merchandise sometimes. We sometimes, what well, I, I mean, all the time, all the time, all, all the time. time but, <laughs> but they're not as nice as blankets and you know, cups. We give stickers and other stuff. But
0: Man, what you talking about? We got stuff. these koozies too.
2: Or oh, the yeah. koozies, stickers,
1: and um, I might have something on my sleeve for the members only. So, you know, watch out Ooh. with that. You know, I'll, I'll tell y'all guys after this. I don't want everybody to know it's our secret. But thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a great thank night.
0: you, guys. We'll probably be doing our next members live. It'll probably be this weekend sometime. So make sure if you guys are interested in being a member, hit the join button. If you don't see the join, if you're on Apple, uh, look in the description. There's a button. Um, there's a link there to become a member. Uh, join the fun. It'll be awesome. Don't forget Thursday night, y'all. We're going to be talking to Jon Stewart, who has firsthand knowledge of an alien interview. You don't want to miss it. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. Until next time, peace out, y'all.